Welcome to this loving community. Come in bringing all of who you are. We gather in worship, our hearts alive with hope that here we will truly be seen, even with our halos. Turn down the volume on your fears, remove your masks, the metaphorical ones, and loosen the armor around your hearts. May we root ourselves in the value, the values of this faith, acceptance and encouragement, compassion and transcendence, justice and transformation. We strive not for perfection, but for authenticity and connection. We come here to learn about being in relationship together, to listen, to forgive, to be vulnerable, to create trust and have compassion for one another. We are gathered here to walk each other home. Be here in this moment, let go, breathe. Thank you so much, Catherine, and good morning, everybody. Um, you might notice my uh, special little equipment uh, today. I got this bestowed this week after many years of being an altar boy, and it finally kicked in. There was a lag, apparently, um, uh, for the, like everything in the pandemic, it's all, everything's been shortaged, but this finally arrived. <laughs> and it's important because you too, if you update your Zoom settings, can have filter settings. And um, it actually would be pretty wild at some point in the future where all of you could have, you could have so much fun with the filters and you could put all kinds of crazy stuff on your screen too. But here's why it's even more important. Today, after worship, during our coffee hour, we're gonna have a, um, uh, we did this last week too, a connection fair. And it's your chance to learn about six different things that are going on in the church, um, small groups, racial and immigration justice, um, faith formation for uh, kids and youth, and uh, let's see, and newcomers. And um, I think that that's it. But you need to be able to uh, have, you know, updated some of your Zoom settings to click into those uh, breakout rooms later on. So um, just an FYI, we'll figure it out for you this week if you didn't do that. Um, did you know the election is still going on? It's ridiculous, but it is. And we have an opportunity to do phone banking today in Georgia. It's from um, 2 to 4 p.m. And all the information was in the weekly email and on the Facebook page. So if you want to do that, please look at that info. And the last announcement I have is that um, we are working on a great idea for the Christmas um, nativity play um, and pageant. Oh yes, Tim reminds me. And there's a small group on music later. Thank you, Tim. Um, back to nativity play, we're gonna do a mashup of uh, the story that's gonna happen on December 20th, but you need to sign up. We're gonna have families act out parts. So um, look to Heather Kincannon's or Heather's emails and uh, news about that. At this point, you know all the other usual things. Grab a chalice, look to your email, go back to your email that maybe you deleted and reclaim it from the deleted folder and put it high up into your inbox so you see all the cool stuff that's happening. And um, most of all, good morning. And we love you and we miss you. We're gonna go into our greeting, which we've done this uh, for about a month now. And we're going to, uh, so just uh, you'll, you'll be to connect with a couple of folks for um, a minute or so. So uh, let us go to that.
please join me in reciting our opening words. I will lead off and Jeff Brown will be leading the response. So as you're muted, please join him in the response words. Let us give thanks for a bounty of people. For children who are our second planting. For generous friends with hearts and smiles as bright as blossoms for feisty friends as tart as apples. For continuous friends who like scallions and cucumbers keep reminding us that we've had them. For crotchety friends, sour as rhubarb and as indestructible. For handsome friends who as gorgeous as eggplants and as elegant as a row of corn, and the others as plain as potatoes and so good for you. For funny friends who are as silly as Brussels sprouts and amusing as artichokes. And serious friends as unpretentious as cabbages, as subtle as summer squash, as persistent as parsley, as delightful as dill, as endless as zucchini and who, like parsnips, can be counted on to see you through winter. For old friends nodding like sunflowers in the evening time and young friends coming on as fast as radishes. For loving friends who wind around us like tendrils and hold us despite our blights, wilts and witherings. And for those friends now gone, like gardens past that have been harvested, but who fed us in their times that we might have life hereafter. For all these, we give thanks. Please join us now in our opening hymn. We sing now together. Uh, the words will be in the chat box and please sing along or simply listen, thanks. Yes. 
Good morning, everybody. This morning, uh, Abby and Molly Bro will be lighting our chalice and leading us in our covenant. Each week this year, we have been having children in our congregation light our chalice at home and lead us in saying our covenant. And we invite the congregation to join us in, um, join along in saying the covenant with the young people who are leading us. We um, have several slots open coming up, including next week. So if you are a kid who would like to lead us in lighting our chalice and saying our covenant, even if you've already done it, you can sign up again. Um, the link will be in the chat box and we hope you sign up. Abby and Molly, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> okay, right? Love is the spirit of this church, and service is law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth in love, and to help one another. everybody. So now is the time for our wonder box. So I would like to invite any young people here who would like to see our wonder box to come close to the screen. And also I'm going to be asking kids to put something in the chat box. So if you have a grown up who maybe can help you write some things, um, you can get that grown up now. So this, this week I was thinking about the holiday that's coming up this week. And I wonder if um, any of you are also thinking about this holiday. It's gonna be Thanksgiving on Thursday. And we know that Thanksgiving has a very complicated history, um, but it also is a time for us to think about what we are grateful for and to center ourselves in gratitude. And this year is going to look pretty different in a lot of ways. A lot of people are going to have pretty different holidays. And that can feel um, hard for people. And I think a lot of people are wondering how that's going to feel for them. And I think that one of the things that can be really helpful when things feel hard or different, or like we can focus on what's changed or what's, what's feeling maybe negative is to help ourselves turn toward what we're thankful for. So I want to show you what's in our wonder box this morning. It's a tool that can help us remember what we're thankful for. Does anyone know what this is? Some of 
you, yes, some of you, I see Clara raising your hand. Some of you might have one of these at home. These were in the worship bags that I sent home to kids. And it's a very small notebook. And this is a notebook called a gratitude journal that I sent home for kids to write down the things that they are thankful for. And it's a place to um, help us center and remind ourselves what it is that we're thankful for. So I thought we could start today. So this week I'm going to ask you if you are a kid in our congregation who has one of these, or if you um, are a grown up and you have a notebook that you wanna start writing in, I'm gonna ask you to decorate. Your job this week is to decorate uh, this notebook. It's a plain notebook. And my hope and um, idea for you is to write down three things every day that you are thankful for. And to see, just to write it down and to see if that helps you to notice in your life in the days ahead, to notice more things that you're thankful for. One of the things that's really cool about gratitude is that the more that we focus on gratitude, the more that we start, the more that we focus on it, the more we start noticing it. So I'm going to start, we're gonna start this together today in um, our chat box. So I would like to ask any kids in our congregation who have something that they are thinking about this morning that they are thankful for to write it down in our chat box. You can either tell your grown up and they can write it down or you can type it in yourself. So go ahead and write down the things that you that come to mind when you think about maybe this morning, what's, what's on your mind that you're thankful for. What do you want to say you're thankful for? Teachers and art. And Henry and Clara. My family and dog. My dog and my cat. George Washington and health. Tenzin is thankful for giving friends presents. The Bransfields are thankful for cats. The Browns, I'm thankful for cats too. <laughs> the Browns are thankful for outside, Susanna Brown. Our earth, soccer, hugs and kisses. Dry firewood. drawing. Oh, the Bro family made a thankful tree on their wall. Susanna is thankful for people. Soccer and our cat Toby from the Andrus family. Toilet paper, very important. Friends, homes, Warm weather. Well, there are so many things to be thankful for, even as the world around us might feel different and hard in some ways. I think that there can be so many um, small things that we can focus on that can help us feel more present and help us feel um, perhaps a little happier and a little calmer in the midst of some, some difficult things happening in the world. So I invite you this week to start writing down the things that you're thankful for. And I want you to notice and just pay attention 
to whether when you start noticing what you're thankful for, whether it helps you to notice more things that you're thankful for. And also to notice how you feel in your body and in your heart when you're noticing what you're thankful for. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure to see all of you on the screen this morning. And I am going to invite Jenny Bro, who is giving a testimonial this morning, to share her testimonial about the power that gratitude has had in her life. Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us this morning. Good morning, everybody. What uh, can they hear? Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Um, what a nice, um, insanely stressful and challenging time it has been to be in early sobriety. Um, I am very proud to say that on October 14th, I celebrated one year of sobriety. Um, I, la I landed a new job back in February, right before everything changed. Um, the whole world changed and hiring was frozen, but I landed that new job in February. Um, it's a remote position that allows me to work from home. My four and six year old daughters are at home, full time, every day, all the time since March. In times like these, it's really too easy to only see the things that are going wrong. And the uncertainty, so much uncertainty, it's not an easy time um, for someone with severe anxiety trying to stay sober, to say the least. But this past spring, something happened. Um, it was a transformation that I really don't understand and why it happened um, when life was suddenly so difficult and scary, I really, I don't know. But when I started counting my blessings, my whole life changed. All of a sudden, I couldn't stop thinking about how blessed I am. I'm thinking of all the families that are struggling to make ends meet and those who have lost their jobs those that can't make rent payments or don't have enough money for groceries. I'm thinking about the kids that are home alone far too young because school is closed and their parents need to work. I just can't stop thinking of the families that are not as fortunate as mine. I'm so full of gratitude. I'm so grateful for landing that job in February. I'm grateful that my children are young and this might not be as difficult for them as it might be if they were older. Um, I'm grateful that I can keep seeing my therapist via telehealth appointments, which is very important for me. I'm beyond grateful to have a best friend who lives next door to help share the load. But most of all, I'm grateful to be sober. <clears throat> um, being grateful helps me remember what is truly important and keep things in perspective. When I have perspective, it helps me stay in the moment. Staying in the moment decreases my anxiety. 
and having less anxiety is everything. So that means that living with gratitude has changed my life. It lets me be more patient and playful with my kids. It lets me be a more loving wife. It lets me get better sleep and it lets me breathe. Of course, it's not always easy. Turning toward gratitude takes work. I feel overwhelmed a lot of the time lately. Um, at one point on Friday, and this is the truth, I was trying to supervise first grade, uh, remote learning first grade. I was trying to teach the alphabet to pre-K, attend a meeting on Zoom for work, and make lunch all at the same time. And I really had to go to the bathroom. And that I didn't mention the cold coffee that I had already microwaved three times. So um, yeah, <laughs> pre-COVID, um, pre my life of gratitude, uh, I probably, it would have gotten the best of me and there would have been a lot of loud, angry, misdirected words, um, probably frantic running around and a resulting terrible afternoon. Um, now, of course, there are moments of frustration and I will not tell you that I don't yell at my kids, but I can just handle everything so much better. At the end of the day, I remember how blessed I am to have two beautiful, smart, healthy daughters and a wonderful husband who works hard all day long and still makes us a yummy supper. <clears throat> In these times, when you would think it would be awfully hard to find things to be grateful for, counting my blessings has helped me immeasurably. I thank God every day for all of my blessings and I stay sober. <clears throat> I saw a meme on Facebook. I'll leave you with this. <clears throat> it said, gratitude is like gravy. Put it on everything. So I hope you all have a lot of gravy and a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jenny. Friends, let's, let's all take a moment now to settle our minds and our bodies so we enter into a time of prayer, meditation, and quiet. And whether right now you are able to feel full of gratitude or whether you are feeling anxiety or sorrow, whatever it is, just notice it. Right now, acknowledge it, make space for that, and let it be. Relax your hands, close your eyes. We have this moment to breathe deeply together. Let's all take a deep breath in and let it out. And let's join in singing our call to prayer, spirit of life and the words if you need them are in the chat box.
friends, now is the time where we make space to lift up our own prayers in the midst of this loving community. So using our chat box, I invite you to begin with prayers for our loved ones, for those you hold close, whether in person or in your heart, please offer your prayers for your loved ones in the chat box. Prayers for Liza and Mike and their family, for Julian recovering from heart surgery, all the families not able to be together this year, for my dear husband, close friends, new acquaintances, for new cats, oh my goodness, so many prayers I can't keep up, for my good friend who got a COVID, positive COVID test yesterday, for my sister and her family as they say goodbye to their beloved dog, for faraway family who are close in my heart, especially my daughter, Jean, my father, Charlie, and my sister, Heather. Prayers for those in my family that they have the courage of Jenny Bro with love. For Kayla, Allie, Sage, Ryan, and Andrew. For Maria and her family. For my mom, June. For my family in Slovakia, for my daughter's family in Wellesley. Prayers for friends who are struggling for those recovering from COVID. Wow, so many prayers today, friends. For those experiencing isolation, those without family on this Thanksgiving, all of us, so many people, either us and those we know that are not able to be with Thanksgiving, be with their family this Thanksgiving, we offer prayers. For my sister-in-law, Donna, whose father just passed, for Sean and Jennifer, for faraway family and family close, for Pam, for Maria and her family. All of these prayers we lift up. And as we do, we also lift up prayers for our world. What are your prayers for our world this morning? Please put them in the chat box. For our leaders, current and those to come, prayers that we can all start to come together for a smooth transition of power, for the college students and teachers who are trying to finish the semester, for Michael and Loretta, for unity and respect for all. Prayers of gratitude for Zoom during this isolating time for less opinions and more presence and compassion, open hearts, that we be present with each other, that we be more understanding, for peace and democracy, for indigenous peoples, especially during this week as they mourn the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. Grateful for Peter Gormley and six other men supporting the family who just lost their husband and father for all of us dealing with outrage, fatigue, for Central Americans devastated by hurricanes, for Iranian people, 
for our overtaxed healthcare system and all those working to keep us well. For people struggling with this pandemic worldwide. Along with all of these prayers for our world, let us continue the practice that started in our wonder box earlier and offer up your prayers of thanksgiving. For what are you grateful this morning? Please pray, place your prayers of thanksgiving in the chat box. For gravy and gratitude. Gratitude that no one was hurt in the crash that totaled our car in New Jersey on Friday. Amen to that. For friends, for my daughter, Abigail Rose McHugh, who turns 30 tomorrow, for my family's continued health, for the woods, for my beautiful children and husband, for a place at the Thanksgiving table via Zoom, for my son who celebrated his fifth birthday, for the brilliance of a rapid development of the COVID vaccine, for family, for friends, for nature, for our pods, for UUAC, for the memory of Pat Manley, for dogs, more prayers of thanksgiving for friends, hiking, for the ability to trust myself and my intuition, for those who teach us, for finding ways to gather virtually, for kindness and puppies, for my mom, husband, kids, and cats for an opportunity to cook for Thanksgiving and for family. For all of these prayers and keep them coming because I love to read them, even though our candle video has already run out. Uh, but all of these prayers, please, please lift them up and hold them close. And for all of those prayers that may remain unspoken on our hearts, will you please join me in prayer? Spirit of life, great love that holds us all. As we pre prepare for a day of thanksgiving unlike any other, in this season of hardship, we give thanks. For the miracle of breath, we give thanks. For the care of the caregivers, we give thanks. For the silliness of children, the wisdom of elders, the patience of parents, we give thanks. For all that goes right in our bodies instead of going wrong we give thanks. For friends that reach out and for our own skills to cope when we are lonely and discouraged, we give thanks. For teachers who teach and leaders who lead, we give thanks. For poll workers and vaccine researchers, for community organizers and food pantry volunteers, we give thanks. For the sight of friendly faces and warm voices this morning, we give thanks. For forgiveness, for humor, for showing up anyway, for stubborn resilience and for laughter, we give thanks. For the courage to continue on the journey together, we give thanks. For the grace we are offered and the grace we can offer others we give thanks. May it be so. Amen. Let us now dwell together in several moments of silence.
Deb Boyce will now give us our offering. Good morning, everyone. I was asked to um, share some information about today to share the plate. Carly Bacon, Baker Betancourt and I are coordinating this year's holiday wish list project for UUA, at UUAC for children in foster care. The program has an incredible impact on these children and their foster families. Children in foster care have often experienced significant trauma, abuse, and neglect in their lives. Their sense of security and trust has likely been broken. Their losses are real and profound. Your participation will help to make this holiday season brighter for them. Many foster parents don't have the extra financial needs to purchase holiday gifts in addition to trying to provide for basic needs. They rely on the support of community groups like ours to bring more joy and more abundance to these really deserving children. In addition to your donation today, you can also get involved in other ways, such as buying gifts on a child's gift wish, <laughs> say that three times, child's wish list, buying one gift for a child or buying a gift card. Please see this week's What's Happening email for more details. As always, we are deeply grateful for your support. Thanks, Deb. We are, as always, um, collecting our offering through Realm. So if you see the slide on, your, on the screen right now with instructions and the link is in the chat box, uh, please just designate whether you'd like your donation to go towards your pledge or towards our offering recipient or a little of both. And this information will also be up at the end of the service. Thanks as always for your generosity.
Please join me in offering a special praise to Sarah and our choir for their music this Sunday and all Sundays. The music um, in particular helps to, I don't know about you, but sort of oil the doors of our heart and keep them open. So friends, here is the world and beautiful and hard things happen. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what you and I are about. We know there is no answer but to love each other into these times. And we bear witness against unnecessary destruction. And then we gather in community, virtual these days, of course, but still the practice being the person that we're trying to be. We cannot do everything. Although Jenny Bro, I think, is doing a pretty good job. <laughs> but you know, all of us are struggling and we can do something. And I just want us to know that that something is never nothing. So let us ring the bells that still can ring and forget your perfect offering in these times. There is a crack in everything. And say with me, that is how the light gets in. Um, yesterday morning, I had the privilege of officiating at a graveside service for the brother-in-law of someone in our community, one of our members. Um, he died after a number of health complications this year, not, not COVID. Um, like many of the services that I do, I never got to know him. I never knew this man. But of course, he wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a person. None of us are just a person. In this case, he was a husband of 46 years. He was a dad. He was a grandfather. He was a brother. And he was a really good friend. His name was Tom. As is so often the case, I wish that I had got to know him after I heard about him. Because th this may surprise you, but I actually love, it, it upholds me. It, it, um, it, it makes me feel good to help people when they've lost someone, to help them say goodbye to someone they've loved. And the reason that it makes me feel good is that I get to hear the best stories and I get to hear the best memories and I get to hear who they were at their best essence. You don't need me to tell you that loss does not wipe away the hurts and the failures and the unforgiven parts of people. But loss, loss does have a way of reminding us um, of what we most treasure about people, what we are most grateful for about people, and what we most love about the lives that they led and we lead. So there's like a, uh, almost like a grace anyway quality a grace anyway quality to every memorial service that I officiate at. It's like, um, oh, I miss them so much. This is what it sounds like. I miss them so much and the loss is so big, but I'm so blessed that I got to know them. I'm so blessed I had them in my life. And I think that that tells us something about the resiliency of our spirit, yours and mine, and actually maybe how there's, I believe, there's, there's like a, a holiness, there's a wholeness 
There's a transcendent quality around us that makes that when loss comes, and Jenny talked about this, when there's hard things happening, it's amazing to me that when loss comes, we also get reminded of the things that we most cherish. It's kind of amazing to me, actually. It's like grace, anyway. So in a pandemic, of course, has added frustration and complexity to everything that we do and graveside services are no different. It is my, um, it's my third of the pandemic. And whereas before, I would always ask people to huddle close because drawing near to one another and putting your arms around one another is, is what we long to do. I actually think it's what human beings are designed for. I think it's kind of why we have arms. <laughs> it's why we do. And this is, it's, it's even, it's especially true when we grieve. Just as a side note, I wanna tell us that when I get sort of, you know, worrying about the state of the world and worrying about like people, which has been kind of a lot that I've been feeling that way this year, I actually always think of the way I watch people at a graveside service and how they come together and how they bear witness to one another. It gives me like such um, hope and the capacity that we have to love each other through loss. Anyway, but back to the graveside yesterday, you know, um, of course now I can't ask everybody to huddle in, can I? Everyone has to spread out. We're over in Weston at the Linwood Cemetery. It's a beautiful place. It was a beautiful morning yesterday. And because we're so far spread out, I have to, to gather up my voice. I have to reach down to the top, to the bottoms of my toes, and I have to lift up my voice all the way through my body, up out of my chest and through my throat, out into the open air so everyone can hear through the mask this mask that I had put on the passenger side car seat along with my bottled water on the way over to the cemetery. But I took the first turn out of my street and I hadn't put the lid on my water bottle so that all the water dumped and was absorbed under my mask, half a bottle. And I stretched the mask on the heating vents of the car all the way over, but it still wasn't dry. And it's still soaking wet as I wrap it around my face. And it's a good thing that I shaved my beard because then I would have just had like a wet beard, gross. But there's grace anyway. Because like I said, it's a beautiful morning. I hope you all got out yesterday. It's a beautiful morning. And it had like the November light is amazing. It's slanted just so, so that we can see through things. We, we can transcend so much more in November. And the family asked that I read them the 23rd Psalm and they asked that I read it in the King James Version. And I want us to remember, for those of you that aren't particularly Bible oriented, that these words, that Psalm has been said for moments, just like yesterday's, for thousands of years. Thousands of years. The lines that remind us the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters and he restoreth my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies and thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. That's an interesting line for these times, isn't it? My cup runneth over. I mean, because does it really? <laughs> after this year, after so much has been lost, after so much has been canceled, after democracy is, is, feels like teetering on the edge. And what is it this morning? 260 plus thousand people have died in our country alone. Does my cup runneth over? Does yours? I was noticing on my way home yesterday that I have this tendency, and I think maybe you have it too, to think that full cups and gratitude and grace are in direct proportion to whether or not we've got good stuff going on. You know, hey, it's been an awesome year. My cup runneth over. Hey, I got the new job. My cup runneth over. Hey, my... I got into the college of my dreams. My cup runneth over. Everything's going great. I had a banner year. My cup runneth over. And you know, that works just fine, especially for those of us in this, in this room who are so privileged. But when, for example, let me just think of an example. Um, when a pandemic arrives, or maybe a president tries to tantrum his tenure in office after an election that he lost. I was thinking yesterday just how um, conditional and how dependent my gratitude often is. I titled our sermon Grace Anyway, but sometimes I think the title that I live with sounds more like grace, but only if. At the end of the service yesterday, we moved back the, uh, the table upon which Tom's remains rested. And his wife of 46 years, Gail, and his daughter, Dana, and myself lowered the urn into the ground about three feet and placed a picture on top of the box. And then one by one, there was probably 20 people there, came and, and with a small trowel lifted soil so that it fell on top of Tom's remains and on either side so that the soil that was closest to him would be the soil that the people who loved him most was right next to him and will always be next to him forever. And then the moment came for the final prayer and then the stillness. 
and the family had hired a bagpiper and she was up high on the hill above us. And I nodded to her so that she could play the final song. I wonder if you know that our souls can sing. Did you know that? Just like our voices can? Our souls can sing. And Tom's voice yesterday morning sang through the pipes. He was of Irish heritage. And what his soul sang yesterday morning was amazing grace. And especially the lines that I think um, we all remember and know, which says that through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that has brought me safe thus far and grace that will lead me home. Now those are some lines for 2020. But listen, this is the image that I want us to have and to hold on to this week, especially. Of the moment when in pre-pandemic times, of course, um, after the service, every time I've done hundreds of graveside services, hundreds. Normally the family, after all this is over, they come and they, they, they huddle close. It's like a, it's a giant one big huddle of love But yesterday, the family's like, what do we do now? What do we do now? How do we comfort each other? How do we show grace to one another that has brought us safe thus far to this moment? What do we do if the conditions don't allow us to huddle with love? What, do we, what does it mean to say that grace is unconditional? And so this image from yesterday, all of these people, they raised their hands up and out and almost one by one, they just beckoned each other. They gathered like their souls together like this. And they just kept doing it around and around in this motion of holding. Are you with me? In this motion of bringing each other close. There was such ache in that moment. But I want us to know that it still mattered that everybody was there, despite the distance. Because they had the grace that the Tom's life, that this man's life, this moment, they couldn't huddle the way that they wanted to. Their bodies were apart, but their love was not. Are you with me? Grace anyway. Now, those of you that know me know that I love my metaphors. And this is the metaphor that I want us to offer in this time in our lives and this year when we cannot be with the people that we love most. We can't do the things that we normally do. We have lost so much and nothing is how we want it. 
the grace and the, and the love that we want can feel out of reach. Like that family felt yesterday. The ache like theirs and yours and your life and in my life is palpable. Can feel it from the bottom of our toes all the way up through our bodies. But I want us, and I want you to hear me, I want us to not leave our arms at our sides this year. There is loss, but the thing about loss is that it reminds us most of what we cherish in the end. So I want you to find a way to lift your arms up and out like that I saw that family do yesterday. And I want you to figure out a way to beckon the things in your life that you don't have to earn. And that, dis that persist despite everything that this year has taken from you. Huddle with whatever and whomever brings you grace. Are you hearing me? Bring it in, draw it near, pull it close. Because more than ever, more than ever, 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 especially this year, we need, I need, you need to let go of this notion of grace, but only if, and replace it with grace anyway. So, for the ways that we beckon grace in our lives, for this moment in our lives, for the chance to huddle with love from afar, with our bodies apart, but love decidedly not. We sing and we say, amazing grace. Sarah will lead us. Amen, everybody. Love to each and every one.
Thank you, Sarah. Friends, please say with me our call to ministry. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. And don't sign out yet. We have a beautiful postlude um, that uh, Kathleen Castellanos and our very good friend, Allie, let me just look at her name in a second here, Allie Ogino has put together for us. And after that, we will have our um, connections fair. Again, the topics are small groups and music and racial justice and immigration justice. Thank you, children and youth, um, faith formation and newcomers. So please hang out for that as well after the postlude. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and service and justice too. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Tight and